Welcome to Modern Musings, Conversations with the Maiden, Mother, and Crone, looking at ourselves and our world through the lens of the 21st century. Hi, and welcome back. This is your hostess for this week, Cindy Murray, and I am here with Kristen Hessler and Amber Garvin. Hello. And this is October, and as many of you know, October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and we thought we would take a quick episode to bring a little awareness to a um, an issue that is very, uh, I say, near and dear to my heart. It's not dear to me, but it is uh, an important factor in my life because in um, 2016, I was diagnosed with breast cancer, and I am now in remission, but this was a very uh, eye-opening, life-changing experience for me. I did not have to have a radical mastectomy, but I did have to have a lumpectomy and radiation treatments over the course of six weeks and lots of medication for five years, and, you know, it it's kind of a wake up call, I guess. And I was very fortunate because I am a big proponent of getting your annual mammograms. I always tell people to get their mammograms. I've had so many friends and loved ones who've had breast cancer that it was a very important cause to me already. Uh, Kristen and I have participated in the Susan G. Komen three-day multiple times before I was diagnosed with breast cancer and again after I was breast uh, diagnosed with breast cancer. So this this is, like I said, very near and dear to me and I wanted to kind of bring some awareness to our podcast about it because this is uh, a very important issue and it's not just a women's issue. Uh, approximately one in eight people will develop breast cancer sometime in their lifetime. And, um, it, that's one in eight is huge. And when I developed breast cancer, a lot of my friends came up and said, Hey, that's, that's really ironic because you've been fundraising for the, um, breast cancer charities for so long and done all these things. And I said, it's really, not that ironic. It's one in eight. I just happened to be the eight. And I always challenge people to look around the room, count your eight closest friends or your eight closest family members. And the likelihood of one of them having it is extremely high. So, um, let's, let's just bring a little awareness here today. Um, this is also kind of a important, process for me right now because I'm actually coming to terms with another family issue right now. Um, my husband was recently diagnosed with lung cancer and, um, we are working through that and that is a challenging thing for us. And, you know, I like to share what we're going through in our personal lives. That's part of what makes this blog and podcast work because we are friends and we are sharing conversations with each other. And obviously Kristen and Amber know 
that this is going on in my life. So um, it only makes sense that I share that information on the podcast because it affects how I think and feel and what I do and the things that I talk and about you do in, things, in yeah. the in the podcast. And, and it's really hard to talk about things in the podcast or talk about uh, the processes I'm going through or whatever without making that part of it because it is such a big part of our lives right now. So, um, and, you know, while breast cancer and lung cancer are not related, um, there are some, you know, similarities in that he went through some radiation treatment and... Um, so, you know, any kind of cancer is a struggle. It's a challenge for the families that go through it. And um, the best thing we can do for all of this is to, you know, get diagnosed, get, you know, get your exams, whatever, um, and be aware of the symptoms and things like that. So one of the things I know a lot of women, they've talked about breast self-exams for years but in order for a, uh, for you to feel a lump on your breasts, it, it has to be a certain size and they can actually catch it earlier than that if they do it through mammography. So I'm a very big proponent of getting your annual mammograms. They, they keep changing the protocols about that, but the, the modern, mammography, especially like the 3D tomography, which was what caught my mammogram or caught my uh, tumors, is so high tech that they can catch things, you know, even sometimes before they become a tumor and they can start watching it um, and be aware of it, which is kind of what happened with mine. So they, they caught it very, very, very early and I had a lumpectomy and um, went through some radiation and some medication and then it was done. So people complain about the mammograms. Oh, it hurts or it's cold or whatever. But I always say, you know, would you rather die? <laughs> That's kind of a harsh way to say it, but you know, it, that little squishing of your boob is nothing compared to what some of these women go through having their breasts completely removed. They remove the skin off of their breasts. They remove their nipples. They remove the muscles off of their chest walls. Um, they ha it's, it's horrifying, disfiguring. And what they have to go through is, is terrible. Don't let that happen to you. Physically, yeah. Emotionally and physically. Emotionally mm -hmm. and physically. Yes. So, um, th this sounds like a horror message for you, but I just really, am adamant about knowing your history and getting those, those tests. Talk to your family about your family history. When I first was diagnosed, um, well, actually when I first started walking in the Susan G. Komen three day, my, I told my mother what I was doing and you know, I had no idea there was actually, um, any breast cancer in my family. And I told my mom, I signed up in like January and the walk was in November and I'd been fundraising for a good seven or eight months. And my mom came out to visit and, and we were talking and a friend came over to help me make a flag, um, for our, our walk to take with us for our team. And my mom said, Oh yeah, my cousin, so-and-so and my aunt, so-and-so. And I'm like, Holy cow. 
she had direct family relatives with breast cancer in her family, in her line. And I never knew that. And that is an important risk factor. And that's something we need to talk about. So you need to talk about it with your family, talk about those risks, um, particularly ovarian cancer, breast cancer. Um, there's a, there's a certain types of colon cancer and, um, other, other cancers that are related to the BRCA genes and, um, they can affect men and women equally. And, um, those, those are genetic cancers that you need to know about if they are in your family. So be aware of your family history of cancers, um, discuss those with your doctor and go have those mammograms. Um, I know Kristen has been, you had a mammogram, did you not? Yes. Yes. I had my first mammogram about a year ago now. Yes. And, uh, at the time that I got breast cancer, my mother, uh, had never had a mammogram. Now she has since then had a couple of scares of things that they thought might have been a cancer. They turned out to be benign, but you know, she was, uh, nearly 70 years old and had never had a mammogram. So, you know, like I say, I really do encourage it. Amber, have you had a mammogram? Yes, I have had a mammogram good, about good, a good. couple of years ago. I've good. had one. So, so tell me, because, um, I know, um, sometimes the, a lot of women have a lot of, they, you know, they say it's very uncomfortable. I, you know, yeah, it smashes you flat. Okay, you know, but um, I don't really remember it being that uncomfortable I, that I'd never want to get one ever. So, okay, so I remember when I got mine, and I have like floppy boobs. So, yes, <laughs> the lady too. who did mine, she said I had the best type of boobs for that because they go on the slide really easily. Right, because so they're long. I do, I do know that that like, more flat. So. <laughs> More, uh, more TMI fl- for you all, but yeah. more flat chested women mm-hmm. have a harder time with mm-hmm. it because they, you know, they kind of get in there and they pinch a little the- muscle on there. It's hard mm-hmm. to get them on there. Um, but like I said, I, you know, it's, it's a little discomfort for about five minutes. Honestly, and- I think the more discomfort for me was the waiting the mental discomfort oh, of yeah. waiting, waiting after, for the results. Yes, yes. sitting yeah. in the hallway, like waiting for them oh, yes. to analyze them. Well, and I agree with that too, because when I was actually diagnosed with cancer, um, up until that point, I had several times had um, mammograms. I, I was a regular um, recipient of a mammogram and sometimes they would do the mammogram and then they'd have me wait in a little separate room. And then they say, because they want to check and make sure the picture is clear. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, because if they take it and it's blurry, then they have to call you back. So, um, and if you move, you know, it's going to wind up blurry. So they, they tell you to, you know, they just put you in this little room and I'm like, okay, 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 okay. Well, but then one time I went to have it and they said, we need to take another look. We need to go and go have an ultrasound. And I was like, oh my God. Okay. So that's kind of scary. So, but they put me in the room and they, and I didn't, they did an ultrasound and then they made me wait. And then the radiologist looked at it again and the radiologist, nope, it's okay. It's just calcifications or whatever. You know, I don't, I don't know what it was, 
but they wanted to look and you know that was a little scary so that actually became a routine and what it was and unbeknownst to me was those calcifications or whatever that they were looking at that was the precancer so they were seeing it then but it wasn't cancer yet it wasn't a tumor it was just the telltale signs of something could start happening and so when it happened when I actually got diagnosed that was it, it happened exactly like that I went in I had the 3d tomography um I go ahead and pay the extra to have that done because it's just a little more thorough and they can see a little bit better on that than they can with the other um the other mammograms and I think it you know with my insurance it only cost me like another 40 or 50 dollars or something so it was worth it to me to make sure they caught it and so you know I went in had the mammogram I did my routine weight yeah we need to look at the we need to do a little ultrasound and look at it again okay and so they sent me home and then I got a call back the next day can you come back in for another ultrasound or another mammogram because we we want to take a look at this and so I came back in for that and did it and then that you know they I, they had me wait and then they came back and said we think we need to do uh, a little needle biopsy on this to see what this is um, because it looks like there's something there but we can't tell without taking a sample of it and so then I had to go in and um I don't even remember the whole bit of it, but I think there was um, a, an MRI involved in it, and it and it was kind of a very weird situation. But they took a little um, core sample and sent that off, and uh, and then when that came back, they said, you know, you need to go see a breast surgeon. And it, this, there's some waiting in here. The first, the first mammogram was the 3rd of May. The second mammogram was the 4th of May. I want to say the biopsy was like the 8th or 9th. And then, you know, a couple of weeks later, I went to see the surgeon. So there's, anytime there's cancer, it's kind of a hurry up and wait and hurry up and wait. And it gets very nerve wracking and you just a lot of a lot of waiting and wondering and wondering and wondering and I actually had my first lumpectomy in July uh probably about the 8th or 9th or something along those lines and I remember the day that the surgeon called me back um it was in the evening and my husband and I were hanging pictures or doing something I remember being in our living room and we were hanging up pictures or something and he stopped or he called and I just stopped and I it's like my whole world changed right there um and he I just put him on speakerphone and he said it it was positive for cancer and not only that but they didn't get a clean margin so when they took the the core the lumpectomy out part of the ache tumor was caught in the edge of what they cut out so that meant there was still tumor left in my breast and I wound up having to have a second surgery in September um 
to get the rest of it. So, and, and then after that, it was six weeks of daily radiation therapy. And then starting in January, I went on a, an aromatase inhibitor, um, which blocks the estrogen in my body because I had, uh, an estrogen positive cancer. So the, which means the, the cells were breast cells that are responsive to estrogen. So they block the estrogen so that those cells don't grow. And I had to be on that for five years. And there were side effects to that, including hot flashes and um, a lot of things, memory loss and things like that. So um, overall, my, my experience with it was very mild compared to what a lot of women like have to go through like with the double mastectomy and reconstructive surgery and things like that. But it was still very life changing for me because like I said, I saw, you know, you, I saw how this affects people and it affected me and it kind of gave me an opportunity to bring some more awareness to this. And so that was kind of why I wanted to share this. And I know that breast cancer has touched Kristen and uh, Amber as well because when we were doing the three-day, their former roommate, Jamie, um, was diagnosed with breast cancer. So I'll let you guys talk about that. Um, yeah, it's, it's really interesting when you say what, one in seven, right? Or one in one eight. In eight. One in eight. Yeah, because there was a bunch of us girls that hung out in college, and I think there was about eight of us. Yeah. And um, Jamie was diagnosed with uh, breast cancer, and, you know, a, she was also a teacher, and we don't all, oftentimes get the best insurance. And I don't think that, I mean... Her breast cancer was pretty terminal. Well, she was very young, that, too. Yeah. How old was she? She was in her late 20s when she was mm-hmm. diagnosed. Right. And, like, and what, so at that age, around women, 31 when she died. women are not normally getting mammograms because the, the whoever it is. Right. When I got mine and probably when Amber, when you got yours, that was yeah. before the norm of getting mammograms. Is yeah. Yeah. Like they. 40? Yeah, 40. I yeah, think that's over when they start. 40, that's yeah. when they... Um, right. Yeah. And some doctors recommend them at 35, but even that would be very early. And there, there is, uh, there are some breast cancers that start in for women in their 20s or even in their late teens. So, um, but yeah, she, she was very, very young. She was a yeah. young mother. And um, so, yeah. Yeah, it's it, yeah. It was, it was very just, aggressive. Yeah, it yeah, very aggressive and very sad to watch. It's like um, she, you know, became different overnight, and she did a lot of expensive treatments that really didn't help. Like uh, she went out of state several times to do treatments that they didn't even offer in Texas, and. Um, her family did a lot of GoFundMe pages. I, I remember trying, that, yeah. Tra- trying to pay for the medical bills. And it was just, yeah, it was a very now taxing this, this on her was and her family. Pre-Obamacare. Yeah. And, and also um, 
I, I think Obamacare about that time was when they changed the laws where insurance has to pay for mammograms now. Um, it, it They don't have to pay for it for young people, but in, in ordinary circumstance, like when I was early taking my, getting my mammograms, I had to pay for them out of pocket because my insurance did not cover mammograms. So um, my insurance at that time did not cover any well care checks, only um, illness and injury. So uh, th- that has actually changed. Thank goodness for good legislation um, mm-hmm. in women's health. So, but that um, at the risk of getting a little political, um, I ha- I have to also mention that. Um, Planned Parenthood is a huge provider of mammogram and breast exam services. And I don't want to get into um, any of the abortion politics or anything like that, because that's not what we're about. Um, We all have our own opinions here about that. Um, But I do want to, to state that please don't hate on Planned Parenthood for the other services they provide because they do provide life giving services to women, particularly in the ways of, um, mammography, breast, ex- breast exams and things like that. So, um, and that, you know, that funding has in a lot of cases dried up and that leaves a lot of women at risk. Um, because there are a lot of places in a lot of areas of this country where women don't have access to adequate, um, medical services for, for breast care and things like that. So I, it, it's just a very important, um, thing for me. It's an important thing for the girls here. And we just wanted to kind of give this little, almost a PSA about, yeah about this. Um, we don't, we don't want to stand here on our soapbox and, um, and do all that, but it, it really is an important thing. So, you know, please go get your mammograms. Um, if you just get checked out in general, if you're, if you're feeling any kind of way, not just towards breast cancer, I know like, um, my grandmother, she's a three time cancer survivor her the last cancer that she had was colon cancer so that runs in my family mm-hmm. and um it was able to be detected early enough that it didn't spread well you know and colon cancer is one of the um few cancers that the diagnosis is also uh can be a cure because yeah. when you go get your colonoscopies on time mm-hmm. Um, they can see precancers coming up and can remove them while they are doing the diagnostic and prevent that cancer from occurring. And as I mentioned, some of those colon cancers are also related to some of the breast cancers. Mm-hmm. So, um, and as you guys know, we have a friend Coy who lived with us and um, passed away in January and he had colon cancer and didn't know it until it was too late to yeah. treat him. So, um, and Kristen's biological dad also has a family history of colon cancer mm-hmm. in their family. So, um, it, and there's, 
sometimes that one is a silent killer because people don't know that there's, they, they have no symptoms, you know, like with a breast, um, cancer, you can sometimes feel a lump because it's on the external of your body. But, um, like the colon cancers, there, there are no symptoms until it's too late. Way too late. Yeah. So, yeah. um, so yeah. And, uh, if you're a smoker, you know, get your lungs checked regularly. If you develop a new cough or anything like that, um, please go have that checked out as well. There's a, another uh, thing that's like big for women talking about mammograms and stuff. Also, you need to get a regular, you know, once a year your pap, pap smear because of cervical cancer. Yeah. Well, and, yeah. And often that cervical cancer can be caused by the human papilloma virus. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I hear at the risk of getting on my soapbox again, you know, if you have, um, young children, you know, that get are of the age, get them vaccinated from mm-hmm. the human papilloma virus, because it's not just a virus. It's not just an STD. It is cancer, cancer. waiting to happen. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So that is our health update for today. <laughs> and, um, I, like I said, I, this is a kind of a, just a short one. We just wanted to kind of put that out there for you. Um, and we may talk about some other related things on the blog. Um, but we're all about the pink this week. So, um, well this month and, um, and that, that's, uh, kind of what we wanted to share with you today. So next week, what we got next week, next next week, we have a really fun one. We're going to talk Halloween's coming up and we're going to talk Halloween traditions. I love Halloween. Uh, favorite month, favorite time of the year, Halloween. <laughs> Yay. Except for December. Oh, right? that's true. Well, yeah. I, it's, it's my really, favorite it's really time hard. of year goes from like yes, Halloween, well, it does. It starts Thanksgiving. And it starts Christmas. in October and it goes all the way to January at Epiphany. And then actually yeah. like I was extending it a while back a few days ago I was talking to someone about technically you could start celebrating like September 21st, if you wanted to. Yeah, well, the actually, first of fall, yeah. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. like, I'm just extending my favorite time of year just a little bit well, longer. Yeah, <laughs> I added an extra Well, you know, I start, All the way I start counting it from the start of December daily previews. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in August, they were previewing the December <laughs> daily. So, right. you know, y'all, well, y'all did listen to our first Oh, podcast, yeah, you can right? start celebrating you know, the holiday as soon as Hobby Lobby has the ornaments out. Well, that yeah. would be well, June. <laughs> yeah. Right? What was it? It was August. They um, rolled out pumpkin spice. So, yep. you know, like, oh, yeah. uh, it's here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for this week. I know it was a short one, but we got a fun one coming up next week. So y'all stay tuned. Come back. And uh, don't forget that if you're only listening to the podcast, you're missing out on a lot of the story. So um, check us out on the blog at modernmusings.net. And come back next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.